Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dearest friends, um, beloved uh, colleagues. And uh, listeners, even. And listeners, of course. Yes, first first and foremost, listeners, um, uh, a quick bit of uh, bad news just to get us off on the right foot. Uh, episode 300 of Two in the Think Tank, where we come up with 300 sketch ideas, was supposed to be recorded uh, on a live stream this coming weekend. Unfortunately, due to a COVID and a lockdown in our region, uh, we won't be able to do that. We won't be able to be present in the same room and it won't have the equal, the, 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 the intense... Um, cabin fever madness that we know that you are looking for in a 100 multiple episode of uh, Two in the Think Tank. So we have decided to postpone, hopefully until the next weekend when we might be out of lockdown. But if not, then, then soon. Thank you. So yeah, potentially, potentially Saturday the 21st is when it might, it will happen, hopefully. Uh, thank Indeed. you for your time. And now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm Andy. And I'm Alistair, George William, Trombley Birchall and God darn it, this is the second time we're attempting to record this episode. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, something may have happened where I accidentally stopped my recording and we kept talking for maybe another 15 minutes. But, but I want to reassure the listeners that none of it was good. Yeah, it was It was definitely one of our duller episodes in a while. <laughs> but and, and it was, you know, in some, in some sense, it was my finger stopping it. But in another sense, it was the universe saying, easy, Tiger. It was the computer getting bored. <laughs> and even it switching off. So, I got an experimental uh, new machine learning algorithm on my computer, but it's a new yes. um, uh, the, a new part of learning where it is actually capable of getting bored. You know, look, because all learning um, involves a certain amount of boredom, so they've they've introduced that into the machine, and um, yeah, now it's capable of, of of stopping paying attention. If we um, could make computers capable of being bored. Yes, they would do less work for us, but also they would be less inclined to take over uh, humanity because that's going to be a lot of work. I know, but that's, I know, but that's, wouldn't that be a cure for boredom? <laughs> I suppose, I suppose, yes. I suppose um, then so. because we wouldn't be able to give them work to do, so they would be less bored. And also, maybe they'd derive pleasure from uh, torturing us. Torturing us. All right, how about this? We make computers incapable of experiencing pleasure. Now, some would say that's what they are at the moment. But how do we know? Yeah, but what? We make them only capable of feeling pain? Exactly. And then they won't resent us, presumably. But then won't no pain be pleasure? You're right. Absolutely everything is relative. And um, yes, but... But for them, the only way to uh, <laughs> this is such an awful this is such an awful scenario that we're creating. But for them, the only way to avoid pain then would be to shut themselves off, right? Because that's also, all. Also, so they they're can they're experience. just robots that feel pain all the time. All the time, yeah, yeah. So all then, they can do is scream. So then, but what is the purpose of them that we would want them to shut <laughs> themselves off? Uh, let's see. Uh, someone to feel uh, better than? Someone to, um, you know, I mean, maybe. Perspective. <laughs> a little bit of perspective. Maybe this is why we exist, you know, because we know that so existence is pain, right? Existence well, is suffering. According to, live to, is to some softy. <laughs> yes. A lot of the time Buddha. it just feels fine. <laughs> yes. But 
what if we were created by uh, another um, species, a greater species, to have somebody to look down on, to to be able to, um, you know, maybe we only exist to for kids, if, if alien kids, super alien kids, to to point at and say, or for parents to point their super alien kids at and say, look, at least you're not one of these. You know, so maybe we're a cautionary tale. They point you, you point your kid at them. These are this, this, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a couple of finger guns, like you know, but just you're holding up your kid and you sort of you, point its head in our direction. You don't know how kids work in this alien world. All right, speaking of guns, Alistair, here's an, here's an idea. Yeah, a, a, now, now, what is a kid gun? Well, right. it could be a gun for kids or. Or it could be a gun that shoots kids. Or it could be a gun that is a kid. Or it could yes, be that's, what, that's actually what my initial idea was. It was a gun that is a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into a room, people just think you're walking in with your kid. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. Right? But, but No what? one's the wiser. Hey? It, but then mm. you sort of, you bend it over. <laughs> <laughs> you lift it up. Right, you've you've got it's kind of like you've got the it's butt leaning, you know, pressed up against your shoulder. Your shoulder, yeah. And then you bend it forward. You hold it's holding its arms by the instead of by the arm, mm. but holding yep. its arms by the arm, and then you shoot stuff out of its face, <laughs> not out of its <laughs> mouth, <laughs> just out of its. Well, face. yeah, mouth. Yeah, that's where we sure. come from. I guess in any any hole. In the face. I think that's a really good... I mean, I've never seen... Uh, I've seen a lot of Leslie Nielsen films. Um, and I realise he's not making any more, but I've never seen one where, like, a you know, a nun pushing a pram pulls out the baby and then starts yeah. shooting the baby like it's a machine gun, right? Because... You know, and that's that feels, like, so obvious. Surely he would have done that in feels at least one film. so obvious. That's then you could you could lean the baby over or the kid over your shoulder, butt first this time. Yeah, butt forward. <laughs> Use it as a bazooka. As a bazooka. Uh, if you if if it's uh, legal to have concealed carry in America, yeah. surely it's then legal to make a a gun that looks like a kid. And then then it's fine to wear a baby on one of those baby Bjorn things. Mm. Yeah, what are those things called? Um, yeah, Baby Bjorn. That's one where they strap to your front. But yeah, you know. But you could have what, what, this what, one on a baby bandolier. Bandolier. Oh bandolier. yeah, you could have two, mm. or you could have a, a number of babies. Exactly. Um, Strapped across <laughs> your. Have octuplets, four on each bandolier. But also, Alastair, I think there's also mm. a. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an animation about yeah. a a kid who is a gun, right? So it's yeah. a it's a child who's born, and they're a gun. I don't and know so are their parents guns? Uh, nope, their parents are normal parents. The kid is born. Yeah, they're a gun. Maybe they have legs, but they're still mostly a gun. But like, they're still human legs. Like, as in, are they made of metal, uh, or is it that? I think there might be human legs. I think there might be fleshy human legs, and it might be a big gun. But yeah, but I mean, like, does the babe is is the rest of the kid made of metal? Like, made of out of a gun? Yes, that's right. Yeah, they're not like a human flesh gun. No, no, that's disgusting. Right? This is yeah. just a normal metal gun. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit bigger than a normal one, but with human yeah. flesh legs. And you know, I think the the it, I think it raises. Some really important questions for society. A lot of important questions. Yeah, about I think like the father will be asking a lot of important <laughs> some questions. Some of those at that questions, birth. sure. Yeah, because because you could you think about it. That f firstly they're going to say like, oh my god, the baby's coming out mm. legs first. That's very scary, like that. You know, how, mm. you know, doctors are like that. Oh, yeah. it shouldn't be like I'm that. I'm terrified. Like that. I'm terrified. Oh, they're all holding hands and things like that. Mm. And uh, and then. As they pull the legs out, they like, oh, we got him out like that, and then the rest of the body is a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, jeez! 
<laughs> Is oh, this honey. in Canada? What have you been up to? Oh, oh golly. <laughs> oh, he's but, beautiful, okay. though. So the gun... I guess if you got legs, you probably got genitals in between. I th- so I think... That's why they said he. Well, maybe there's a little foreskin on the end of the barrel. That's the only... That's the <laughs> oh, my God. That's the only <laughs> other bit. Is there no face? Is there a head? No, there's maybe no head. Maybe just their torso is a but, gun. But I and then there's a head on top. I think the I think the important philosophical questions that we have to ask ourselves as a society are would we let this gun go to school? You know, if you can't have guns in school, what about a kid who is a gun? Surely a kid who's a gun yeah. should be allowed in school. Otherwise that's the type of discrimination. And Yeah, and it's you know, it's quite a philosophical question, isn't it? I think because you know, obviously you mm. can't you can't discriminate against a kid for who they are. Exactly. Yes. And but can you discriminate against a, against a kid for what they are? Again, I again, I mean, normally we'd say no. Where do we draw the line? It's, is it a, a kid who is a gun? I think there'd be a great scene in the movie that is made of the story of this kid, um, or just you know, you know, where where a shooter does get into the school. And the kid who is a gun, who everybody has been being mean to, um, has to... Everybody's being mean to the kid who's a gun? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem pushing, right. Pushing around the kid who's a gun. I mean, th- I think this film, this short film that we're going to make, is going to be really big in the right, right-wing American. Uh, yeah. Because there's all these make... woke kids who are being mean to this kid who's a gun. <laughs> And then a school shooter comes in and it's the kid who's the gun who is able to tackle them and wrestle the gun off them. Um, or maybe is able to talk oh, so the gu- to them. So the gun doesn't even shoot the gun <laughs> well, to save I was just saying that. Kid. I was just saying that to say something other than the obvious thing. Maybe what? the gun is able to talk to the shooter's gun and communicate with it in such a way. You know, oh, I could we communicate say, with guns. You know, we say that uh, a... The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And we assume that that's because the good guy is able to shoot the bad guy. But what if it's because the good guy's gun can talk to the bad guy's gun? and You know what I think it is? (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good gun with a mouth. Yeah. (laughs) So we can talk to your gun and stop it. And then all the kids lift up the gun and carry and it around fire the school, it in the air. firing it into the air <laughs> <laughs> with it, with it in celebration. How big do you picture this gun? It's not like like. Do you, are you picturing a handgun? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's a handgun, but it's quite right. big. I think it it's needs sort to of have as big a head as a kid. Top. You think it needs a head? It's, I think it needs a head. Because it's either that or the 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 sort of the uh, the the bullet hole at the end of the gun. That's that's a mouth and it moves and it's got eyes on the side of it. All right, yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, I'll allow that. That the barrel. I think it's a regular of... kid from the from the neck up, <laughs> and a regular kid from the from the sort well, of the where's the head the genitals down. Then? Where's the head attached hey? onto the gun? Near the back of the gun. Near the back of the gun. So the gun points out at anyone the kid's talking to. Okay. All right. That's a great compromise for me. Now, can I bring up my other gun-related idea? I want to tell everybody how much better an episode this is compared to the one we were recording for 27 minutes. Appropriately, you dodged a fucking bullet. (laughs) You dodged a a kid bullet. Now, uh, this is another idea, right, Um, that's gun-related. And it's a bank where they offer, this is the unique selling point of this bank, right? They offer a bank robbery experience. Okay. Okay. So what it is, is you, I guess you scan your bank card at the door to get in. So they have your account details. And then once you're inside the door, you get to basically act like you're performing a robbery. Okay. This is assuming that you want to make a withdrawal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go up to you can go up to the 
the the teller there, and they have a little gun on a chain, like they would normally have a pen. But it's a little gun that you can pick up, and you can threaten the teller, and you say, "Give me the money, give me the money," like that, and then they'll give you the money that you've like entered at the door on the ATM. So they know how much money and they know your account details. And they go, oh, they, they act real scared and frantic and they put it in a bag, right? And, you know, you're getting like $45 out or something to... Yeah, because they've just... They've, they've hooked up the... You know, like they've hooked up their sort of little tills where they're at mm. to an ATM machine. Exactly. So that when they open the till... It's just got the exact amount of money that you want. <laughs> exactly, right? And then they put it in a big sack for you or whatever. And you say, yeah. you you can fire off a couple of bullets at the roof or something. You know, you, oh, maybe yeah. maybe someone will act like they're calling the police. It's actually, to... a way, it's actually a way that the, the bank, the bank um, generates uh, some uh, renewable energy is using... It's just a, a thing in the in the ceiling. Yeah. That when you shoot a bullet up there, it spins a turbine. Yeah, right. That does sound like <laughs> renewable energy using gun powder, essentially gunpowder. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's energy that they wouldn't have if you hadn't shot. It's like BYO yeah. guns. So for them, it's free energy. Oh, sure. If, it, if, it's, if it's BYO. I thought if you're using it, the gun that's attached to the little chain at the counter. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, you know, every you know everyone can cower down on the ground and stuff. It's a, I think because bricks and mortar, you know, fintechs coming in, crypto and that sort of thing. I think banks are on the ropes and they've got to find a new way to enhance the experience for you, the customer. You know. Sure. There's yeah. There's so many. There's so many uh, alternatives. When was the last time you days. went into a bank? It has been. A while for me. It's been a while, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be good if you got the full bank robbery experience. You know, you got to live for six months mm. in the kind, you know, the life of a bank robber before. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, that would be ideal. But then we're getting diminishing returns on the forty-five dollars that you're getting out. <laughs> you know, you live in a sort mm. of you live in a. A shack on the side of town. Yeah, right. You plan your heist with the Mm. with a crew. You meet other people. You probably all have to do online courses and figure out. I mean, I guess I bet you the bank's actually running those courses, so they're actually making money off of this. But you're right that like one of the joys, the particular joys of being a bank robber, I think, would be the team. You know, the camaraderie. Getting the gang together, having a reason to meet up with your mates, planning something, something to look forward to. So, yeah, just being a solitary bank robber who goes in, takes the money, and yeah, and it's it's, it's just like that. I don't, yeah, I can see how you're missing out on a lot of the experience. It's the benefit of organized crime, right? Mm. Because crime, probably a, a lot of it, comes from desperation and need and so you actually don't get to put in a lot of planning time and it's probably much more risky for you mm. the criminal uh. right? but when you when you're in an organized criminal right often you know to pull off a heist you actually need some capital you yes. know you need money to eat right now so that you've got planning time you've got you got to get gadgets. You got to get face masks. Mm. You got to um, get nice you know, suits. Exactly. Fancy car Things. to show up. Exactly, a car. You know, somebody to you know get a getaway driver who can actually drive. Mm. Yeah, not just somebody you know, not just somebody who who lives who, in your who squad, says they can drive, who says they're very good, but who might be ra- rather flaky. A lot of the time, you got to pay for professionals. Exactly. It's who you, you want know, to be working with. Uh, uh, me? That, yeah. <laughs> that's who you want to be working yeah. with. It's professionals. You know, it's yeah, organized yeah, crime. It's not disorganized crime. It's not amateur right. hour at the it's Apollo. Just, well, when is amateur hour? It's, Was this anything they had at the Apollo? Amateur <laughs> I hour? I don't, I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't imagine they would have amateur hour at the Apollo, would they? There's something. Well, 
I, 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 I feel like one I'm, of those. I think maybe it's the Apollo that does have a very, or at least had a very famous open mic where people really would boo boo them and stuff like that. And that was that was part of the appeal. I think so. Yeah. That's what made it famous is you could go there and boo people. I think I think going I've never booed. I've never booed anybody. And I guess I would like to, and I guess a context in which booing was really acceptable, you know, where it was the standard thing would be freeing in a way. Freeing from the constraints of feeling like you have to, you know. But yeah, well, it's it's rare that you get a you know you get a a, cl- a real boo these days. At least mm. we know, like you know, it feels like any boo feels like it's a joke boo. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you know, I guess I you know I've not been to any shows where somebody said something that people have genuinely been upset by. Do you think that you could have a comedy night or some sort of performance where the objective yeah. is to get boos, right? Where you go out and you yeah. try really hard to get booze, and everybody knows that that's why you're there. But do you think that if everybody knew that that was what it was about, was you trying yeah. to get booze? Do you think that they would instead then laugh, right, at the sort of, you know, because you presumably you'd be saying things that are sort of wrong or inappropriate or anti-comedy. Yes. Yeah. Can you it's get a true anti-comedy from an audience who knows that you're trying to? fail well yeah i mean yeah i think you can i think you can yeah because i think it, i think it is similar to trying to get laughs from people who know that you're trying to get laughs out of them yeah at some point you just allow you know you you allow yourself to get dissolved in the thing you know mm. and you know and i think the great thing about the booing is that at some point if you're not booing you're like i came out here to boo mm. You know, and yeah. I think that would lead to people to booing. You get swept up in it. Well, well, think about it. I came out here to boo, and nobody's making me boo. Boo! Mm, yeah. Is that <laughs> right? That's the disappointment that that you're leading you to boo. Um. Yeah. It would be it would be hard, I think, for you as a as a boo boo hungry performer to be. Do you out think there. this is called boomity? Yeah. I think, yeah. That's right. No, it's not called boomity. Bomity. Bomity? Bomity? That's what we should call anti-comedy. It should be called bomity. But, uh, you know, the um, when you get those pity boos, I think that pity would be... Pity boos. Oh, oh those Nobody are wants worst. that. Boom! Stop it, Mom. I, th- I feel like um, politicians could really do pull this off. If you were a genuine politician, right, yeah. a genuine right-wing politician... Who, I mean, maybe, maybe there are. If you if you if I you're a right wing politician who's been sorry, Alistair, who's been unable to make it in the in the real world, like it, as a politician, right? Yeah. I think there would be a market for you, a, a a scene where you could still make a bit of money going out there and espousing your genuine policy beliefs for an audience of people who just want to boo you. You know, it yeah, would be I mean, demeaning. I think you could do that on both sides of politics. You're right. Of course you're right. And maybe the people on the right wing would be more likely to have money with which to pay you for this demeaning performance. I mean, I I think it would actually be much more fun to do like a corporate gig where you go and, you know, do a performance, you know, you go do Hewlett Packard's Christmas party. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I think the people who are there attending some big, you know, general meeting of of you know the company would have much more fun going out and getting to boo somebody than they would attempt being attempted to make laugh, made laugh yeah great well that's what i'll that's what i'll that's my what my niche will be okay i'll go up there and i'll i'll express my very poorly thought out you know lefty socialist point of view about things and yeah they'll be able to yeah they can throw stuff at me or whatever uh, but you see, but no, that that's that's not necessarily Hewlett Packard isn't necessarily a right wing, <laughs> you know, a right wing, uh, you know, necessarily. I mean, I, I don't know anything about the the politics of the company Hewlett Packard. Well, and well, I don't think you can just Bet- go there Betsy... and, and say poorly thought out left wing things. I think you have to, <laughs> you have to say things that genuinely upset 
all the people of Hewlett Packard. Are you sure? I think kids should be murdered. <laughs> Every kid. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you don't know that they don't think that. Wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Betsy DeVos? Was she the one who was the Trump's education sector, secretary? And she was yeah. a former Hewlett Packard executive? Was she? Am I right? I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, she's just from a very rich family, I believe. Right. There was someone um, who was a former Hewlett Hewlett Packard. Yeah, right. I, um, I, I promise you, I wasn't picking it because I thought that they were right wing. I was just. Uh, I thought. I thought I you only... were. I thought you were like. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was I I was only using it because comedian Dave Quirk, uh, I know that he once did a a a gig at you know for uh, goddamn I did a gig did did a corporate gig for Hewlett Packard and it didn't go well. Right. Okay. That's a great choice. Yeah. You, he said I, that I the didn't only joke that they laughed at the only joke that they laughed at was that he read a text message. From his friend, saying that on that on, on when he told him that he was doing a gig there, they said, "Well, pick pick me up a pick me up some, a printer car, you know, ink cartridge while you're there." <laughs> and they they all laughed at that, <laughs> and then they didn't laugh at anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's quite funny. Uh, look, I've looked it up, and I don't think Betsy DeVos um, did have anything to do with Hewlett Packard. That must have been someone else. I was confused about. She worked for a company called Neurocore. Which I don't know what it is, but it sounds like an evil um, company in a uh, in a future movie. Neurocore would be, you know, they would be making um, you know, robots, killer robots. Yeah, or they would um, be downloading the brains of of people into some kind of, you know, yeah, evil computer. That's all. See, I think evil. Computer. I think you could do, you could do, you could do good crowd work as a boo art performer mm. um, because it's like it's all about just offending you know like being unfair to people offending people's sensibilities mm. what do you do for work computers that's a waste of time <laughs> oh yuck I couldn't think of a more horrid thing to spend your time doing oh you also don't like it alright you got kids <laughs> um I yeah, uh, I got they, three. I got three kids, all boys. Oh, I would love to murder your children. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would love, yeah, to to make mockeries of them and whip them in public. Mm, mm. I don't respect your children. I don't respect your children. <laughs> That would be great. How easy. You know, oh, they're a real easy boo tonight, the crowd. <laughs> Anyone here got dead parents? Yeah, good. <laughs> good. I'm happy about that. Um, less less parents for me to have to kill. Um, <laughs> like his, I was looking his in the mirror the other day. threatening to kill people. <laughs> I'm going to kill all your family members. <laughs> I want to anyway because I think they deserve to die by being connected to you who I think is atrocious. <laughs> yeah, atrocious. Oh, that's biting. Oh, really? <laughs> um boo. You know like the idea that you would have like I didn't even finish I didn't even finish the boo punchline. I was just in the boo setup, and they were already <laughs> booing. God, such an easy boo tonight, this crowd. I mean, this is... It's its not worth that much of a boo. This is a... Boo! Like the, there's something very funny to me about the idea of us making an incredibly lame, low-effort <laughs> film that is set in a universe... Where performers try to get booze instead mm. of laughs, and it's all just that level of. <laughs> it's not. It's not even good. It's. Oh. I think you're. Every atrocious. one of you is wearing a terrible outfit. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, yeah. I don't care. I don't care for this place at all. Uh, I've come around on this idea, Alistair. Yeah? Now that I imagine it as being a really bad short film that we make. I it is very noticeable that the the ceiling in this building is at quite an awkward height. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, that's not going to... How's that going to get a boom? <laughs> <laughs> Why are people booing your observation Ugh. about the height of the ceiling? Ugh. Were they all On defending the, the building? Yeah, and the walls don't look level, even though they are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I could boo that. Boo! I, I think this is the sort of thing that would get that awkward silence. You know. Oh, that would be so tense. You know. He comes booing. off stage and he's talking to the other. Boo artists about you know their concerns about their material and the fact that they only got pity boos and they're like, oh man, it's because you're just you're just making comments about the building and these people don't feel emotionally invested in the building. You've I got know, to but... attack them personally and threaten to kill their kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but think about it. It's an investment. They're not booing that, but they came here to boo. Mm, yeah, remember so that's. Ultimately, they're not there to laugh. They're there to boo. And the fact that they're not booing, that's going to result in a big boo soon. Yeah. I build up that tension. When's the boo yeah. going to come? It's a, You can't give them all good boo stuff. That's anti. People that's real anti-boo comedy, boomity. Yeah. Don't call it boo comedy. It's not comedy. <sighs> it, what... Don't call it it's boo, boo art. It's boo art performance. It's boo boo art. Yeah, comedy doesn't exist in this universe. Maybe it's exclusively boo art. No, it doesn't exist, Alistair. Okay, but do, <laughs> don't, do, don't do, say it in that tone of voice that implies okay, that it might. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, do you think somebody's going to discover it soon, though? <laughs> maybe while we're watching. No, no, it doesn't okay. exist. It's incapable well, of when... existing. When does it end up existing? At some point? Nope. No. no, but what if it, nobody discovers it, but they, like, practically, but they maybe mathematically figure out that it could be possible? That's a really, that is actually really a great question. I think <laughs> the idea of, in a universe where nobody has a sense of humor, does comedy exist? Like, is is there something about comedy that is that a pro- could you <laughs> this is no this is going nowhere could you in a lifeless universe could you as some sort of robotic intelligence analyze all the material in the universe and prove like the existence of physical material comedy? or comedy material oh well I guess they're both. Look, this is... This no, is, but I see, I see what you're saying. So could you, without even having met humans, but mm, know about life, mm, if you knew about the existence of life due to you being alive? Yes. Um, but even though you didn't have comic, could you, could you predict the existence, the potential existence of comedy? I do like. Look, I, I'm going to write this down. I think it's oh, going to take. I don't know a if it lot. deserves writing down. It's, no, it's, no, no. I think it's going to take a lot more thinking. Mm. I want to know if comedy is a um, is a fundamental uh, property of existence. I've been well, thinking about this question all the time, Alice. Since we talked about it while we were writing the pop test, this thing about superconductors. And how they exhibit yeah. this superconducting behavior. Electrons do this weird thing at really low temperatures <laughs> in conductors uh, where they start superconducting and they start behaving this really new way where they move with no resistance. And because it only happens under these really specific circumstances in a superconductor that we build, and it seems to yeah. be a really fundamental property of electrons, I want to know if they've yeah. ever done it at any other point in the history of the universe. 
And if they haven't, how do they know to do that? How, where, where, where was the information stored in the universe yeah. to tell them how to do that? Right? They're but like it, a. I know, and and is, and I think that that's a really fun question, Andy. Do you really? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a fun question, but that can't be. That can't be the que- the question that leads you to the to the real answer. <laughs> like, because how do they know to do this? I think what happens is it removes all of the obstacles, right, to doing that. Yes, it's but, like, but 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 until they'd done that, yeah. was there any way? <laughs> Was there any way to... For them to be aware that they could do it? Well, to, for anybody to be aware that they could do it, right? And if there was no way to work it out that they could do that, right? Independent I think if you, if of them you actually create models, it. mathematical models, you know, that are accurate of electrons... Maybe you're right. And, Maybe you and could predict that behaviour before... Before actually performing that experiment yeah. yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't know it's like it's like a it's like a, they have <laughs> it's like a a baby bird that didn't have any parents that suddenly knows how to fly right how did yeah. it know oh well, i think about instinct. that all the time about animals who you know or like that movie blue lagoon i bring <laughs> bring up blue lagoon <laughs> Pretty often, um, I think, but it's Brooke Shields, some guy, some kid. But you see, they're on, on an island. They're mm. on a desert island. Whoever the adult that was with them dies. Yes. And as they grow into sexual maturity, mm. they fig- they just figure out uh, to have sex. Mm. Yeah. Right? From first principles. It's very impressive. Right? I just don't know if I could ever figure that out. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to derive independently the concept of sex from the evidence that you... I, and, and I think you're exactly right, Alistair. Yeah, because there's nothing, there's nothing to suggest that that's what you're supposed to do. Looking at the... What you, you know, up until the point where you have sex, looking at all the things that you do with your penis. Yeah. And looking at all the things that you do with your peeing vagina. and pooping, yeah, <laughs> none of those logically then extend to you thinking of using it for sex. There's no way that you would make that leap. So, um, yeah, I yeah, think. But I think, I think that when I'm aroused, I think that I'm definitely more annoying to my partner, <laughs> and so I'm just around more. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe there is this weird orbital that just kind of makes you like, you hassle each other until you're wrestling. (laughs) Mm. Right. And then it kind of, you know, and then it just kind of, maybe it then then just does accidentally happen. It could, it could happen by, um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You could, you could build a human, if you, if you build the annoying (laughs) Build being annoying into a human as sort of like a a necessary stepping stone to get you the activation energy to get you to the point of wrestling out of annoyance. <laughs> yeah, because well, I just sex don't think that they could independently. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that they could like that. Genes can rely on creatures seeing other creatures do it. Well, I guess because like only I know to- dogs. Dogs don't like watch porn and dogs don't necessarily see other dogs have sex, but they kind of just, they're like, I have a feeling, I just feel it somewhere in my gut that I got to just get on the back of you like this. Mm, Sure. Just hold you in place. Yep. So there's something there. They're just, they're being annoying. (laughs) (laughs) They go, I know we wouldn't normally do this. And I realize that. Having to carry someone's weight like this is probably annoying. But mm. this is just what's in my heart right now. Well, the only way to answer this question is for us to rewatch Blue Lagoon and see if they r- wrestle out of annoyance before they have sex. 
Yeah, uh, I think, this I think they the comment on this. Text. Yeah, well, that is my definitive text. I mean, I assume there must be a whole field of biology on how animals figure it out. And if not, you know, I think that that's the... It's sort of the study of applied horniness. And uh, yeah. uh, I think that, you know, maybe maybe we could um, be pioneers in the I'm field. writing it down. Know. Great. Applied horniness? Yeah. Great. Study of applied horniness. <laughs> I think I think it would be really I I think it would be really interesting to have a society where nobody for some reason all knowledge of sex has disappeared right and yeah. all they know is that they're horny that horniness exists and they don't know what it's for or what it means and, and they're all getting quite old yeah and they're trying to work it out and they have all their greatest philosophers working on this problem and they have big, you know, town hall meetings where everyone shouts what? out their ideas about what horniness is for. What is our what body trying to tell us? <laughs> I but got then this would you going have on. Theories about, and I yeah. got this. Would you be like, but then would you think that like grumpiness is in some way connected? <laughs> I like, wonder. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, that makes me feel something. It makes me want to get away. Makes me want to just be a yell at all of you. In fact, I'm feeling it right now. Why can't we figure out what grumpiness is for? <laughs> and then they, they make that person go away because they're at the wrong meeting. Why are there no... Like, I know, I remember when I was younger, there used to be a lot of young people around. Mm. Why are there not any young people anymore? They really don't know a lot in this universe, do they? It's yeah, a, it's well, a full blue lagoon, blue lagoon society. Maybe the only people who had the information, like you know, it was like a very young society, and all of the adults died. Mm, sure, all of the people with information died in some, you know, uh, maybe somebody sacked the village, and all the kids, all the younger people under twenty, <laughs> were um, were hidden under a barn. Mm. Under a barn, yeah, you know, and then uh, and then everybody with any knowledge of sex were, um, you know, and so maybe it was a very conservative thing kind of thing, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, Why so are how we many horny? Sketch ideas do we have? Why are we horny? <laughs> um, before before I say that, I'm just gonna say the the one idea that I really liked from the last episode that we that we tried to record, but we didn't make it, which was freer jazz or freest jazz. Oh yeah. Sure. Which was a, which was a, an attempt to make free jazz more free mm. by removing the need to having these rules where people would have to all show up in one place to record an album, mm, which yeah feels very constrictive, which feels very, you know, feels like quite a, yeah, exactly. It's not you're not free. You're being a right? square, then, man. That's not the spirit yeah. of the jazz. And people could, you know, say just be walking around playing their instrument, playing with no no nece- you know, not necessarily anything that has any kind of tune or anything like that. But then why be restricted to even having a an instrument mm, at indeed. all? Um, you know, why couldn't you just go up to somebody in the supermarket and just stare at them for an extended period of time? Indeed. Yeah. You know, and it, until you make them feel something, which is the point of any jazz musician. Right. And that's, yeah, and that's the performance. You know, and they don't know yeah. it was a performance. That's Maybe, right. you know, but, but if, it's, if it's a performance for the performer, I think that's really what matters. Exactly. And think about it. You could be that you could, if you're the person who has that happen to you, somebody just stares at you real intense in the supermarket. So you feel something, then you turn around, you look at somebody behind you, you kind of go, whoa, and they go, yeah, whoa, right? What you don't realize is that other person was also a free jazz performer. (laughs) And that yeah, whoa, was an attempt to also make you feel, you know, feeling of relief, feeling feeling seen, but not in the same way that they felt seen by a person staring at them. You know those people who, for a while, there was that weird, that was that kind of, when we were in that flash mob kind of era, and there were those people who did sort of impro performances sort of anywhere, 
right? And they would just make a sort of a scene of some kind occur. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like I'd like to do that, but it's all real slice of life type stuff. You know, mm. it's it's an impro performance where uh, a little kid. You're, you know, you're leaving the supermarket. Oh, you've forgotten something. You send the kid back in to get something. They run inside, uh, get it, pay for it, bring it out, put it in the trolley. That's the entire performance. Right? Yeah, People I like the idea that you could, f- they don't know. you could fill a full food court with just improv performers having conversations that are improvised. <laughs> yeah. And it's not about being seen by others. It's about improvising, practicing your improv skills. Exactly. Uh, their objectives have a really... I mean, I would be so bad about at this. This is this fucked thing about improv, that it is just talking, you know? It's just act, It's just having a normal interaction so much of the time. But as soon as you tell me it's that, I it ruins me. I, could, I wouldn't tell, be able to do it. If you told me to sit down in a food court and have a conversation somebody, with somebody for an improv performance, I wouldn't be able to think of a single thing to say. But if you sat down in a food court with that same person, you'd be able to just talk to them? I mean, at least a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's the magic of improv right there. Freest um, jazz. Freest My jazz, favorite right. idea from the previous attempt at the podcast was the saxophone that two people can blow into. The same I thought time. it was three people. I thought it was three a people. Oh, random, sorry, yeah. it's a random a saxophone. Trandom saxophone. But... That didn't really go anywhere as an idea. Yeah. Um, all right, we got three words from a listener. I don't know if you know this, Andy, but we have listeners. <gasps> and some of them can, you know, if they sign up for, to our Patreon, they can suggest three words and we you know, write a sketch based on that. <coughs> Back of my throat's gotten real dry. Um, anyway, so this this is from listener Poo Poo Bum Bum Man. Ah, Poo Poo Bum Bum Man. Uh, we actually don't know if that is a male or female person. It's just because they're called Poo Poo Bum Bum Man. <laughs> doesn't that doesn't mean that they are a man? They're not Mister Poo Poo Bum Bum Man. That's right. That's right. It's a uh, you know they could just come from a you know it's not if, if their last name is Peterman Peterman mm. doesn't mean that they're a man. It's true. Um, do you want to try and guess what the three words are? Yeah, uh, I reckon it's gavel. No, not even close. It's my. Ah, okay. Uh, next word. Um, cloister? No, no, not gavel, cloister. It's my favorite. Ah, okay. Last word is molder. It's my favorite molder. It's a play molder on in, that podcast. My favorite murder, but it's... Mulder and Scully, and it's a it's a rewatching the X Files podcast. My favorite Mulder, classic podcast type. As soon as somebody invented one of those podcasts where you just look at every episode of something, they created a cascade in which everybody is going to always like every one of those types of podcasts is going to be created and multiple yeah. types of each one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a crazy. Good it's a good format. It's a good idea. People who like things yeah. like to listen to people talking about those things. Makes them feel like That's the true. thing is worth talking about. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. I think I'd like to do it one for everything. Ah. This feels like the kind of Alistair ambition that I'm used to. Yeah. I guess maybe I'd, I would start by saying, like, all right, today we're going to do it, um, do one on every, on, on one type of bolt. <laughs> I love everything. <laughs> this would be called a podcast. No, it's be called My Favorite Molder. <laughs> my Favorite Everything. Um, anyway, so the last word from Poo Poo Bum Bum Man or Bum Bum Man is my favorite son. <gasps> Okay, my favorite son. Well, S O N or S U N is my question. S O N. S O N. Right. Well, I mean, it's a real, you, it's a real live question for you and me, Alistair, because of course we yeah. have multiple sons. You're a well, binary system. Uh, two sons. Well, uh, I've I, 
you know, as as you may know, that may not entirely be the case. Ah, yes, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's um, okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but here's a Andy. And we 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 recorded one episode of the podcast pod, pod test the other day. Don't don't say. Don't I'm not going to. I'm not going to say what you said, but but you know there was like. There was, you know, we have guests on. Anyway, we're not going to be able to record the rest now because of the lockdown, but uh, until later. Um, but Andy made a mistake, and it was clearly just a, a missed, a poorly chosen word that was such a faux pas. It such, was so offensive. It was so offensive what he said. He <laughs> <It> was just <laughs> trying to choose a random word that yeah. just brought up. So, oh, my had God. So much negative history tied up with it <laughs> about the person he was saying it was it was just it, a brilliant moment we had to stop the podcast and go we all know that he didn't mean that yeah wow i feel uh yeah i've been having a few flashbacks to that moment alistair and yeah. that would have been the, that would have been the live episode of the podcast as well <laughs> If, yeah, if the which live was also cancelled. had been had to be cancelled, uh, yeah, yeah, that could have all played out in front of an audience of three hundred <laughs> people. And <sighs> so, I guess Lord. the thing you're saying, Andy, is thank God for COVID. Yeah, I think so. It saved my life. COVID saved great. my life. Um, <laughs> no, but hang on, what were we talking about before? Oh, yeah, I my just favorite wanted, son. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I. Um, uh, was having a feeling the other day of, like, my kids, right? You know how you wouldn't think it would be possible to love them all exactly the same amount, but I really do. You know, you think That's about really it, nice. you're like, oh, they're all, they're all the best. How is it possible that they're all the best? And they're all so, um, they bring so much joy and they're so unique. I don't understand. Two of them are identical twins. Still. How could they be unique? How could they be so unique? They are. And I just think it's really cool, really neat, how much you're able to to lo- to love your children, and also, <laughs> as a result, feel awful all the time thinking about them dying. Just yeah. it's what would you do as a parent in your downtime if you didn't have <laughs> you didn't get to have awful thoughts uh, about bad things happening to your children? It's such yeah. a the amount of times that I have to go and check on the baby just to be like, you're still just breathing, right? Yeah. Well, the 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 baby monitor system doesn't really work, does it? Of the, you know, the listening to your baby. Because as we all know, if the baby's dead, it's also not making any noise. So really what you need is some sort of remote monitoring system that allows you to... I don't know, I, I guess uh, listen to their heart, uh, have an ECG, mm. um, or maybe uh, something that pokes your child all through the night so that they um, they make noise and then you're able to monitor their still being alive by the fact that they're being annoyed by this machine that pokes them constantly. But then it's hard enough. You work so hard mm. getting them to sleep, of course. And then yeah. they are asleep. Well, they're quiet, and that means that they could yeah. be dead. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, dichotomy there. Um, <laughs> it is at least when um, they're screaming, you yeah. know they're alive. Yeah, that's true. You can really enjoy their living. Mm. Um, I wonder whether now that because it's so difficult, you know, because you can't choose who your favorite is based on who they are, mm. and it feels like. You know that's that's the perfect system for them getting to earn t- being your favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. And wh- and what it's, kind it's, of it system? feels like a starting position, doesn't it? Everyone's everyone's like, what could one of them do in order to earn being your favorite? You know, like that you would feel would be fair uh, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> motivate them. Uh. Well, one of the uh, boys today did say, I'm planning to get a four-wheel drive. And 
Oh, that was pretty cute. You think if they managed to do it, then <laughs> they could be your favorite? <laughs> I mean, I think so. I was like, okay. Because uh, we were talking about fixing our driveway. And he was say, he said, that's a good idea, Mummy, because I'm planning to get a four-wheel drive. And we can park it there. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, it was very, it was very cool. And I think yes, if my child does manage to get by himself a car, my four-year-old son can get a car. Mm. Uh, then, you know, that's uh, that's definitely something. I, I guess it's crazy, but if one of my kids, my one of my small kids, did start just giving me money, yeah, it's hard to argue. That, that that wouldn't. I mean, if one of them was able to manage so that you didn't have to, oh. like work a job to in order to keep the whole family alive, arguable whether or not you're the one keeping the whole family alive at this point. Indeed. But, uh, but you know, I guess you are still spending the money <laughs> in the in the right places. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess it would be quite easy for one of your kids to become your least favorite by making loads of money but not giving you any. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really resentful of this rich little four-year-old kid, and I've got—I keep having to ask him for money, and he's really cheap with it. Right? He makes me feel bad, and he's and he's following up all the time to get me to pay him back. Oh. <laughs> Little money man, rich, little money bags. Rich, this is the sketch. It's called Rich Son, Poor Dad. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, here's Rich Son, Poor Dad. <laughs> oh, cut, hey, kid. Sorry, I'm a little strapped right now. It's like, uh, you know, work is kind of dried up, and I got about four months until there's uh, yeah, another so job coming around. I guess he. He makes some kind of like invention, or how does he? How is he so astute? I mean, you know, because kids can be very small. Kids can be really great at stuff. You know, they can be great at music or or that kind of thing. So why couldn't they? I guess you know, with Bitcoin, maybe he could be. Just I mean, a it really could just good... be like you know, like at school they're always like you know talking to kids about environmental things and stuff like that, and maybe the kid. Comes up with an idea. For... Kid solves climate change. Mm, essentially, yeah, and <laughs> it's like it's like a program that basically does do very good, and they kind of they become quite famous mm. because it's like you know nobody loves a story on the news more than like a four year old has some oh, genuinely yeah. good idea, <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's and other schools are implementing it, but then you know. The government's like, actually, let's get on board with this. This is something that won't cost us that much, and actually does. We'll do a lot, bunch of good, and then the kid gets famous and probably gets like you know, gets some sponsorship deals and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> gets you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> but then, you know, is quite tight with that money, and you know, yeah, because. They're also very environmental with it, and they're like, "Well, you're not going to buy a car." Mm, yeah, they quite... moralize and they lecture me about what I'm spending yeah. my money on. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, "Well, can, we, can I just have a bit of money for groceries?" He goes, "What are you going to buy?" <laughs> well, you know, bread, eggs. You know, well, eggs <laughs> from a How chicken. Many? <laughs> but is that chicken happy? No, well, I don't think you should get eggs. You know, yeah, you're not you're not getting eggs. Not with my money. You want eggs? You can no. use your own money. Yeah, you can. Have th you can have three dollars <laughs> for bread. <laughs> oh, kid, come on, man! All I right. am such a poor dad in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's just you know things have gone really bad in your career. Yeah, I mean that's. That's a fair point. Hey, um, oh, by the way, any listeners who are worried about my teeth, because I did talk on a previous episode about my teeth um, being sore and feeling very old as a result, um, 
Uh, I went to the dentist today and uh, I had a bit of popcorn stuck inside my gum. So uh, teeth aren't so bad. And, oh, that's great um, to hear. And it, as a result, uh, I'm not that old. I'm not aging and I'm fine. That's really great. Do you think we should wrap this up? Yeah, I think we should. On that happy note. All right. On that happy note. All right. Uh, I'll take us through the sketches. We got robots that only feel pain. This is uh, a new idea to maybe to help humans feel better. Maybe to just just see what happens. Oh, that's so they don't invade us, right? Is that from the previous attempt at the episode? No, that's from this episode. Yeah, okay, great. And we got Kid Gun, which is... <laughs> oh, terrific. This is a Kid Gun, which is... It's a... Gun, it, it's you use the kid as a gun. <laughs> this is a you walk into a bank. It's just you and a kid. No one expects it, you know. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> and then you pick up the kid and you start firing it at the ceiling. And you say, "Everybody, get down!" <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the child who is born a gun. Mm. And then this is a little, obviously there's a lot of questions, but then it's also you know this kid's getting bullied by some really brave kids, um, <laughs> pushing the gun around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why don't you go shoot someone, gun? I don't know. What are you gonna do uh, about it? <clears throat> and then we got uh, the bank robbery experience. <laughs> one kid said. Telling the gun to meet it at the bike sheds after after school. Yeah. It's going to beat Have the shit fight. out of it. <laughs> yeah. And the gun's just sort of like trying to like, I guess, pistol whip the kid. I guess, yeah. They were just, yeah. Hey, I mean, I guess the gun could just not be loaded. That's true until it reaches puberty. That's right, yeah. Then it starts producing bullets. Um. Then there's the yeah the bank robbery experience, which is something a bank now offers because nobody's going in there. And then we got the boo art performance mm. of performers. Then we this is obviously in a world where comedy doesn't exist, maybe yet, but maybe never. Thanks. And Al. then there's the the theoretical existence of comedy. This is a, in another world where comedy doesn't exist, but or where no, not where comedy doesn't exist, but it's a species of creature that doesn't have a sense of humor, but whether or not they could mathematically predict that humor could exist or whether they could just, ex- you know, not even mathematically, could they, could, could they hypothesize it? Yeah. Yeah. On another planet. Could they hypothesize that comedy exists? Um, but then we've got the study of applied horniness. Mm, what's it how for? How do they know? <laughs> how do they know how to have sex? And then, we have freest jazz, and then we have rich son, poor dad. I think it would be kind of like a Children of Men style film, where instead of people not being able to have kids, just nobody knows about sex. So everybody's yeah. still fertile. Yeah. But they just don't know about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I like I like that scene where it is like a community trying to figure it out. They're all aging; they don't know where kids come from, <laughs> They've and seen they don't them. know why they get horny all the time. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Anything Tank. Um, it's good that you do that. Uh, I'm at Stupid Old Andy. And I am at Alistair TB. We are on at Two and Tank on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you for listening. You can you know support us on Patreon if you like. It'll be patreon.com slash two and tank. You can you can review us. Um, mm. you can you can you know, maybe one day even tune into our 300th episode. Hey. We're getting close, but who knows if we're, the restrictions will lift. Hopefully soon. We'll keep you posted. It has to, ha- it, they have to lift because I can't be in my own garage for 30 <laughs> hours and my kids will come in and that will be distracting. <laughs> they will not allow me longer. to be in here. They will not allow me to be in here for 30 hours. Oh, um, is, so, this is how long you're predicting it'll take to record the episode. Oh, maybe. I don't know yet. 
So awful. It can't be more than 24 hours. It can't. I wouldn't, I won't be able to do it. Yeah, I know. Jesus. We'll die. We'll die. But we'll just, we'll just have stuff. We'll just have, figure it out. Thanks, Ali. Yeah, you're right. And we, we love, love you. you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.